Well, our moms think we're funny. We are recording. Uh, so, uh, how about those swelling iPhone batteries? Yeah, I don't know if they're still swelling up in the new... I, I still live in the uh, 6S world of 2011 or whenever the hell those came out. <laughs> I guess it was later than that. I'm, I'm still using an SE. Yeah, so... so um, but if you think that your glass is bent, whether it's an iPhone <laughs> or an Android, if you think your glass is bent and you keep trying to push it down, you're probably <laughs> not pushing down on the glass. You're probably pushing on a swelling battery. <laughs> and uh, I hope it doesn't explode in your face. Unless yeah, of course we would, don't like you. That would suck. You'd yeah. go to the morgue or some shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> taking people to the morgue. I'm not dead yet. Well, that's where we're taking you. All right. So, yeah. welcome, one and all, to Our Moms Think We're Funny. I'm Akomi. Hey, everybody. This is Turk182. Uh, and this is uh, J-O-Bo. You're back again. Once again, yeah. So, we're... Uh, we we just had our episode talking about the uh, about scream queens in horror films, and we kind of wanted to follow up with that with just uh, female protagonists in horror movies. So when uh, when you and I were uh, uh, Jo were talking about you know a topic, you know they you know as we talked before, trying to find something that would um, really kind of fit your you know your I don't want to say expertise, but your interests. Yeah, sure. Basically, things I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure if, if we if we did one on like uh, Nintendo games, sure, uh, you'd be yeah. all yeah. You know, not not be like, well, if you're doing one Nintendo games, you're a big nerd. But no, because you're a big Nintendo fan, especially old school, yeah, like, uh, NES stuff and Super Nintendo. I think I think you're probably just a fan of Nintendo as a whole, right? Yeah, yeah. You've had I mean, every I've console has come out. Right? I completely skipped the N64 oh, and the yeah. Virtual Boy, right? And the Virtual oh. Boy. Uh, Virtual Every- Boy I skipped because I was young and it, I couldn't afford everything. Everybody skipped the Virtual and Everybody Boy. skipped the Virtual Boy. So. But N64 had some gems. Yeah, uh, N64 for me, I uh, was I was PlayStation all the way, man. Uh, okay. I ditched, well, that's, that's I ditched Nintendo like a ton of bricks during the N64. <laughs> I did not like the N64. I did not controller. like it. Uh, for me, it was like, it was, I was like, these are 3D games. They already look bad. People are like, oh yeah, N64 games have aged badly. Like, they were glorious to begin with or some shit. Yeah, no. I was like, okay, where are the 2D games at? Oh, they're all on the PlayStation. They were all on the PlayStation, yeah. So. I, think, I think N64 just had, like, Mischief Makers. And yeah. That was, that was that good was for it. 2D games. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, I, I actually kind of dug the N64 controller. It was intuitive. Well, it, it had... It had three hand hold them. Like I don't. I, yeah, like, that, way, that way you could like. Yeah, you're supposed to shift. Your, yeah, you could switch up your play yeah. style depending on what but, you were doing. Yeah. But it, then it was off balance. It held it in the middle and then the side. It was. <laughs> okay, I, I, just, yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, it, no. Uh, whenever you so. mention N64, the only thing I ever hear people talk about is Goldeneye. That, that's uh, it. No, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Uh, there was Donkey Kong 64. There was Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, yeah. The original Smash Brothers. Conkers. Yeah. I can. That's I like the Conkers thing. I can remember a lot of the, of the names. But I mean, honestly, like I tuned out of Ocarina of Time. I com- I completely yeah, checked I never, all that shit out after the fact. Yeah, I never played Ocarina of Time. I did play Majora's Mask and very much enjoyed that. That game is that game still yeah, holds up. So, but in any in any case, you know, feel free to ask me on for for anything in general if I am not 
keyed into it from a nostalgia standpoint, I will gladly do my research. You know, you know, a lot of times we just talk out of our ass, so you can yeah. talk about that. But we sound really authoritative <laughs> on yeah. it. Like most, I have the authority the to to say this. <laughs> it's like this is why furries are perverts. Yeah. So if you do have an N sixty four podcast, then shop around. You know, before you pick me, because <laughs> the only thing I'm going to have is like I don't know. I bought a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can't tell, but I have a really, really big smile on my face right now because I love it when. When we do a podcast and we don't stay on topic and we deviate it from the moment we start, <laughs> immediately. I love it. Well, yeah, I do. I I always bring that up because people, yeah, people are like, yeah, pretty much anything Nintendo, and I'm like, nope, not the N64. <laughs> nope, I ditched that out completely. So that means like I never played the original Smash Brothers. I never played Mario Kart 64. So like all of those things, I have like zero nostalgia for. Uh, so so it, was, it was all the GameCube. Oh like yeah. Pickups. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like I that's I love that's a bad drawing. That yeah, is yeah, that is terrible. Drawing. That's yeah. what I think. It's really bad. Yeah, so, no, like I I love the original Smash Brothers until I got a GameCube and played Melee. And, and then I you're like, never, that is trash. Yeah, it's like I never fucking touched the N64 version one time after getting Melee. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, yeah, it's like you, that that's no longer it. It's like yeah, you still got GoldenEye and you still got Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, that's because they're work. Like, there was no Goldeneye on the GameCube, but pretty much regard everything that came out on the GameCube that was a sequel to the N64 mm-hmm. version was better on oh, the yeah. GameCube. Yeah. Infinitely. So, yeah. Infinitely. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't, I never owned N64, and the only thing I remember, uh, playing on it was Goldeneye and Killer Instinct. Uh, our, w- one of our friends, Josh Dick, had, had an N64. I remember playing War Gods. You remember the oh yeah remember War the game Gods. War Gods <laughs> no, yeah, yeah that, the, the title alone tells you like how <laughs> top quality it is nice. um, but no female protagonist in that one I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah so uh, they they did have Perfect Dark that had a female protagonist. yeah yeah there you go that there, was that's a, there's your segue yeah it was it was a Golden Eye clone but it, it had a female protagonist yep. she was pretty cool that was Joanna Dark Joanne yep, Dark Joanna Dark Joanna Dark yeah that was um. <laughs> Uh, I was a fan of that game, or at least the screenshots, just because I think it was one of the first 3D model with female characters that I was like, okay, she is actually attractive. Right. <laughs> like, I still, even though I did the place Tomb Raider, like, I was like, how does anyone think that that character's hot? It just looks completely... <laughs> Like wrong, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Laura Croft is very much a cartoon character yeah. in those original graphics, but a, f- a female protagonist for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, sorry. So for for those of you that are aware from some of our other uh, podcasts, in particular the uh, our soundtrack podcast, you know, we often have like something playing in the background while uh, while we're podcasting. And today, uh, well, we we were. Uh, we were watching. Uh, was it Wrong Turn wrong earlier? Turn, yeah. No, it was Wrong Turn was much earlier, and then it was Ghost Rider, right? No, see, gently I know fearless. It was the, Wiz- the Wizards of oh, Apprentice. The, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice. I only turned to that because they had Nicolas Cage in it. Yeah, yeah. So that's I why I thought it was Ghost Rider. But I was like, <laughs> I don't remember the dude from the Girl Next Door being in the Ghost Rider. And then I was like, Why is there a Magic the Gathering poster? But 
I couldn't. It's been so long since I've seen Ghost Rider. I, could, I couldn't remember if that was one of the Nicolas Cage movies where he had the Con Air haircut or not. No. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Con Air. Oh, Con Air is good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and you know, and Jonah Hill is in uh, is in Ghost Rider. Hmm. Like real Jonah Hill or Rebel Wilson? Rebel Wilson. Okay. No. <laughs> I can never so, tell. Rebel Wilson's in this commercial, and uh, and at one point in the commercial, she turned her head in a certain way, and I was like, holy shit, she it's looks like Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because they both have some extra pounds on them. It's like her face, and when she turned her head, looked like looked like Jonah Hill. So so now anytime he says Jonah Hill, I have to check. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so right now we are watching, uh, well, what's on, we're not really watching, is Cutting Class. Which uh, I I have never seen this movie. It was brought to my attention through uh, the YouTube channel Fanboy Flicks, Mark of the Fanboy. I'm I, I'm already seeing some interesting do- uh, plot in the movie. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> which which also has which has Roddy McDowell in it, which is killing me. Has Roddy McDowell in it? Um, uh, but uh, if you've never seen what's what's it Mark's uh, Mark's weird movies is what it's called now, or what he calls his movies now. Uh, I don't um, know. It's been a while since I've kept up with the channel. But yeah, it used to just be bad movie reviews. Right. Yeah. Well, so recently he changed it because he was like, "Well, these aren't really bad movies." Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not here to do a promotion for for Mark of the Fanboy. But uh, anyway, I heard about this movie from from him because it's like one of Brad Pitt's earliest movies, maybe mm-hmm. his very first movie. It's really bad it's a yes. horrible horrible movie but these murders are happening at the school and you think it might be because of the kid that was just recently allowed out of the mental institution and guess what you're right um <laughs> but these people in the school are being killed and uh they never shut down the school they never closed school yeah yeah you know? yeah like that would not happen in 2019 <laughs> yeah but early brad pitt and uh and Roddy mcdowell's in it and it's you know, anyway uh so that's on right now. So when I mentioned, I was like, "Oh, I was like that picture is really ugly." This dumbass just yeah. Like, if you, know. you watch the movie, you'll know exactly the pictures that yeah, we're talking yeah. about. There was horror. It was like do this in five minutes. Art school. <laughs> so. It's like those old old uh, ones used to get where it's like, oh, you could become an like a, a art school like success by drawing a picture of this turtle or oh, this yeah. pirate. <laughs> yeah, the turtle is a pirate. Holy shit! Send it in, and, and if it looks good, well, you know, I I you know charge you some money for for something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so female protagonists in horror movies. Yeah. Uh, Jo made a really valiant effort to try to get it back on topic. <laughs> and then you started talking about cutting class. You that. don't know us very well, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now uh, Brad Pitt's pulling a vanilla ice and it's just forcing himself on this woman. <laughs> and it's going to totally I mean, work. I don't know. She's got a smile on her face. <laughs> you know? Well, you're honest. She didn't say no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, the, uh, I, I'll, I'll start off kind of strong as foot forward, I would say, yes. at least as far as, as I, I consider. So, you know, female protagonist, it does, I, I think it's different enough from a, uh, screen queen to, to be its own kind of topic. Yeah. Um, sure. A lot of female protagonists are like a screen queen at the beginning of the movie. And then somewhere in act two, they lose something that turns them into, the powerful protagonist by the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, okay. There, there's, a, there's shared, you know, DNA there. And like you said in the previous podcast, that the protagonist does not necessarily be mean that she's the final girl. Yeah, yeah. She, she could leave the movie whether through horrific reasons or or not. 
Uh, it, they don't necessarily have to be one and the same. Um, so one of my all-time favorites uh, would be um, uh, the Descent, the 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 first Descent. Mm-hmm. Um, so so this movie particularly uh, is a fairly close uh, close spot to my movie watching heart, simply because I went into the movie having zero idea what it was about. Um, I think I got it on just a complete lark. I thought the name of the n- movie sounded cool. I think I knew it was done by the guy who did Dog Soldiers at that oh, point. Dog Soldiers is freaking yeah. amazing, dude. So I, I think I knew the pedigree of, of the movie. Um, but really, I got it because I think the word Descent sounds cool. So, like, the video game Descent I really liked. And I started playing that way back in the day because of the title of the game. So, I got the Descent and completely didn't pay attention when I initially was watching it in the first scene. Which is the scene that kind of sets up the whole movie with the horrific car accident uh, that happens. Um, But... Throughout the movie, you have essentially a um, uh, character group of female actors, actresses, and slowly you begin piecing together that, you know, they have their own kind of secrets and side stories and such. Some of them are more well-developed than others, uh, but the, um, I can never remember her character's name, but it's Shauna McDonald, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Um, she is the main character in the movie. Uh, so she is the female protagonist and this, it follows, uh, something, uh, that feels like she's unsure of herself towards the beginning. She's dealing with some secrets between her and one of the other characters in the movie who is basically, you know, her best girlfriend, uh, but eventually, you know, the movie comes up to, you know, a climactic, fairly action kind of ending of her battling these underground uh, troglodyte, you know, creatures. Yeah. Um, so um, it, it's just one of those movies that I really like because I it, it walks the fine line between, like, why a female protagonist makes certain movies better. Like, they're just better, in my opinion. Um, but have, have both of you seen The Descent? Uh, and have you seen both of the endings? So, I have not seen The Descent. The closest I've come is seeing the movie poster in your house. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) so, which is a terrible poster. It's, it's, in its design, it's horrible because it's just pure black. It's barely anything to it. (laughs) But I have not, but I've seen, I've seen, I've seen enough about it and seen some shots to see it that I was like, you know, not not that the movie would terrify me, but the 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 feeling of the movie and what it's about and the um, the claustrophobic nature of yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, I don't. It's one that I could I could watch it, but I'm pretty sure no matter how much I enjoyed it, I could never watch again. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> the scenes I've seen of it are them. I, so there's the the. The women in there are spelunking, right? Correct. Yeah, and, and they're all fairly well-trained uh, spelunkers. You know, they're uh, some of them are more experienced than others, and that plays into the the plot. 
But yeah, they're all adventure seekers, basically. And so on top of them being underground, and you know, they're deep underground, so with this, they're in order to get out once they encounter whatever these creatures are, which I that you can see in the dark. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, because I, I haven't really seen it, but um, you're talking about creatures that live in the dark, so sure. obviously they can see in the dark. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, so that gives them an advantage, but they have to make their way up, you know, and out, which puts them at even more of a disadvantage. And then it's the whole like squeezing into tight spaces. Yeah. And if you can't get out the way you came in, then you're basically just doing a hell mary into like yeah, something else. Is you have you, out. you have no idea if you're if you're not going back the same way. You have no idea what's in front of you. And you, know? you could just as well get stuck, which I'm sure probably happens if someone yeah. gets stuck in you know in like a crevice. And then of course you're just you're just lunch. Yeah. Um, so it's not that I don't that I think it would would horrify me, but it would just be one of those things where it, when you get to that that there's no hope, um, that it's just like oh I just I just feel just oh I, I don't feel it's like like when I watch a Blair Witch uh, I just like oh I just don't feel good about watching this. No, you know? yeah, yeah. So I would not be opposed to watching. Yeah, it. it is watch it. I do not think it is as enjoyable. I really think Dog Soldiers is a better movie. God, Soldiers. Dog Soldiers I, yeah, so it's so good. The, the, the Descent is just one of those where it's just like, I like the, the flavor of the movie. It, because Dog Soldiers, for, for me, is like werewolves plus Naughty Living Dead. Like, literally peanut butter and chocolate or peanut butter and jelly for me. Yeah. Those are like two matches made in heaven. Mm-hmm. But and, and, I still like The Descent better in the sense that I just like it, like, syn- like thematically. I, I really enjoy it. And, and Dog Soldier, not that we're talking about that, but you know, you're comparing the two. It, uh, I have not seen The Descent, but there's a there's a there's this, this acceptance as Dog Soldier moves on. It's not a like in, in Descent, it's like, hey, there's some creatures down here and you have to take them for what they are because nothing else could be down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's a completely blank slate, yeah. But when you, with dog soldiers, you're talking about, you know, it's it's a military unit and they're not an elite unit because they were picked to be the... The, the chum, you know, right, throw in the water. For basically. the elite <laughs> unit to practice on. And uh, and then there's a slow kind of acceptance of like, what what we're coming up against is you know, is not something that should exist. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's, there's like a, like a more of a, of a, I don't want to call it a reveal, but there's, there's more to the story as it goes on. That is, is, is really nice. I think it's, 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 it's really well done. So the pacing of it. Yeah. In, yeah. in, a, in a sense, it's, it's almost like, almost like a, the, like the sin, because the, the soldier, not giving anything away, become trapped in a farmhouse mm-hmm. with the werewolves outside. And, in the sense where it's it's like the descent, but the reverse. Where in the descent, they're trapped in a place and they can't get out, um, and it's really confined in there. For them, it's not confined, but they can't get out because they're surrounded by the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a barricading mm-hmm. siege kind of mentality. Yeah. Whereas the descent is much more of like a hail mary, and I think that idea of having the hail mary kind of we got to just pick a direction go and hope that there's you know it leads up not down yeah it, it really it it favors the female protagonist set up in such a way where like she does not have a choice 
of where to go, it's either up or you just quit. You're just, you're done. Um, another thing that it kind of adds in that I think a lot of the really good kind of female protagonist movies add in aliens being one of the absolute top to form of this is that with a female protagonist, you really get, if you do a mother child component to the story, mm-hmm. I just think it works on so many more levels than a father child, not to dismiss fathers in any way, shape or form. But I just think there's a more like, uh, primal connection when it's, there's this mother child component to the female protagonist. So, you know, you have, um, Ripley and Newt. I was actually going to, you know, I mean, you couldn't, yeah. (laughs) And in the descent, there's no child in the, cave with her but there is a child in the plot that is very uh central to the plot there's there's some really good so, horror movies that have that mother child yeah because you've got like the babadook um yeah the Exorcist, I, I want it to the ring the the babadook the i was like i'm gonna laugh this movie off and then like as i it's as good. it rolled out i was like <laughs> Wait, hold on. Nobody told me this was a good movie. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be stupid. I thought it was going to be stupid, it, too. But, man, yeah. it is so good, and it's scary. It's, yeah. it's legitimately scary. Uh, uh, so, so I was going to... Um, you, you mentioned... Uh, you don't have to watch part two. You don't have to watch The Descent 2. Just skip that. <laughs> just walk past it. I got the poster that just to have a completionist kind of thing. And because the poster... Looks a hell of a lot better than the first Descent poster. Artistically, it's a lot more cool, but the movie is just just look the other way. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say you mentioned uh, Aliens, which made me think of uh, of James Cameron. So my mind immediately went to Terminator Two, which again you've got that that mother child relationship with mm-hmm. uh, you know with uh, Sarah Connor and then John Connor, and then it made me think about even though this is not a horror movie. Uh, it made me think about Sarah as, you know, as a character. And in the second one, in Terminator 2, she is she is the protagonist. Just straight up. You you can't say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, the, the, uh, the T-800 is there. But she's the one that is really driving. Because even, even if the role, she, she says, I'm here to protect you. She's the one that is going after the T-1000 in a sense, you know, he's there to protect. But then when you go to the first one, yes, you've got, um, uh, uh, crap, don't tell me, um, Michael Bean's character, uh, Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese is there, but she does take on that whole, once she gets in her head, this guy is real. Yeah, there's that flip. Right, she's the one, she's making the bomb, she's, and she doesn't like, she doesn't flip out, she doesn't like, you know, like wuss out, in the final moments there, she's 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 fighting back. She's yeah. not just trying to run away. Uh, so, but it, I think you're you're right. When you have that, I think it adds something to the character as well. When you have the, if you're talking about a female protagonist, to have that 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 mother child relationship because it's like they always say, you know, like a you know a, like a, a lioness and her cub, or mm-hmm. you know a bear and its cub. It it makes them it it pulls out the strength, or maybe it doesn't pull out, but it defines that strength even more. Yeah, because yeah. Because you you don't you can't you can't take them. <laughs> if you pulled out, they wouldn't be mothers right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know that is true. Uh, um, but I was gonna say it it 
in the audience mind, it defines them more as a fighter and not a victim or not yep. someone mm-hmm. who's who's fighting by circumstance, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, they are they're fighting on purpose, not because they don't have a choice. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Um... All right, so uh, even though we haven't really got very far into this one because we spent so much time just screwing around in the I think there was that. I don't think there was that much of the time, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we should probably stop and uh, I think it's time for us to do an ad. Sounds good. That may be about something horrifying or maybe not. I mean, I, I don't know. Oops. Do we even know what our ads are for? I hope it's something that sells, right? I, yes. I think if we verbally say that we don't know what our ads are for, then we're never going to uh, actually get sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, okay. So I, I know that I know that uh, this ad will be an ad for Anchor FM, the the kind website that hosts our wonderful podcast. There we go. It is such a skeezy fucking movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel fucking filthy. A little bit. I mean, so, so the, the teacher in, a, was, in a good way. The teacher was like burned alive in his kiln, right? And uh, and they haven't even yeah, mentioned him. They haven't mentioned him. And I'm like, this must be a preppy fucking school if they have <laughs> well, a kiln that goes up to like 500 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, they just stepped over some guy who'd been stabbed and left in the swamp. They just like literally stepped on him and kept oh, walking. Remember, that's the girl's father. Oh, yeah. Who went hunting that, and... It's been way too long since I've seen the review for this. <laughs> but I can't see Brad Pitt this young without thinking about David Spade and his grandma. <laughs> Holy shit, I'd fuck that kid. <laughs> Have you ever seen David Spade's stand-up act take the hit? No. So good. He, he talks about, like, when he was in elementary school, Brad Pitt went to a school for, like, one year. Oh, okay. Or, like, maybe it was middle school. Yeah, yeah it was middle and school. And his grandmother was, like, looking at, like, his, in his yearbook. <laughs> and she was like, oh, Davey, you're the cutest guy. Oh, my God, who the fuck is that? She was like, <laughs> she was like, I'd bite his ass. She's like, look me up with him. back is not set. <laughs> She's like, Grandma knows tricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right. You guys ready? Yep. Yes. All right. I was just going to include all that anyway. <laughs> oh, wait. Were you really? Well, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> there's, there's nothing too rough about it. So, <laughs> um, so I was also uh, going to bring up. Uh, it's in the same horror venue, but maybe a particular flavor. I'm sure that uh, Turk would love to speak on at least. Okay. Uh, is going to be your Clive Barker female protagonist. So your oh, whether Hellraiser. it's Hellraiser or uh, Candyman, you know, and, and a, a variety of other you know fiction that he's made in various ways. So I will have to say that I um I I did not really care for Candyman. I maybe I need to watch it again. I just remember watching the movie and just being like, oh God, this is so. Boring. It is a really boring ass movie. I I will put that front and center. It is a super boring fucking movie. I think it's I think it's visually very I think it's pretty engaging visually. Um but uh, I can never remember her name, but the lead actress in that movie, Virginia Madison. Yeah, or she Madison. Yeah, she uh Clive Barker tends to have kind of like a I don't. There's a certain flavor to his female protagonist that you know. I, I don't know if I know an adjective for, 
but uh you know they're 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 sexy but they're always smart ultimately they always kind of outsmart yeah you know whoever's mm-hmm. going on and it's a lot more of a kind of like a a mental um sharpness to them that uh, even in a lot of other movies i think isn't really as apparent so um and i'm not sure if this was intentional um as far as the the movies go but you know, Hellraiser, the first one has has the girl in it, the daughter, who's the, the protagonist in that. Mm-hmm. And the only the other thing I ever saw her in, because I'm, I'm not, was she the same actress in Hellraiser 2? Yeah, she was, okay. it was the yeah. same one. Yeah. The only other thing I ever saw her in was Rapid Fire with, uh, with uh, Brandon Lee in Powers Booth, which is a, it's, it's, I enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's Brandon Lee, um, but Rapid Fire is, is cool. But she's, she's in that, and she plays the cop, which is also his kind of like love interest. Um, but in the, third one you've got terry farrell playing the yeah uh, dax yeah uh so uh um yeah yeah judzia dax yeah there's always his always kind of have like a slightly ethereal kind of quality to them um but i really like the hellraiser movies i haven't seen Candyman, but uh it it is it's I don't know. It's the weaker of the two, but I think compared to Hellraiser, pretty much almost any horror movie is the weaker of those two comparisons (laughs) from the sense of like kind of originality and just like sheer kind of uh, creativeness of that, of that series. So the, the last Hellraiser, which came out just a couple years ago was not, it was good. I liked it. It was super low budget, super indie, (laughs) like super, uh, special effects were almost non-existent it almost felt like an episode of the twilight zone or something <laughs> but it was pretty good it, they kind of uh it's it's a police kind of a police drama uh-huh. where it's like uh two detectives re- you know digging into weird deaths that are going on and you actually get to see more of the hierarchy of hell like nice. like where pinhead fits in the hierarchy of torture demons right you know uh that's kind of cool um so that one has a pretty good female protagonist too one of the detectives who's the main character um i don't remember her name uh as an actress i've seen her in other kind of indie stuff but she plays a really good cop she's like the cop female protagonist so it even sticks through to the modern ones so i um i've only seen i see i've seen hellraiser one, two, and three. I really like the ending of three. Oh yeah, um, three. The ending yeah. of three is really good. Yeah. And then Terry Farrell was was really good in, in her role. I mean, the the rest the rest of the movie is really kind of bad. And the, the cameraman with the camera in his head and shooting out the did he shoot disc out of his? The, I want to say he did. Yeah. Anyway, um, it, it's been a while since I've seen the third. Hellraiser comic book. If you never read that, was good. Uh I think I've read a little bit of it because there, there was because yeah. uh, I think it was during the epic, the Marvel epic. Yeah. Imprint. they had a bunch of them, and I remember reading a couple of those. And one of the things, if I remember correctly, it was that the reason that people wanted the little mint box was because there was one way to heaven and infinite ways to hell. So people that had the box were trying to find the way to heaven. Yeah, yeah, the one um, way. So, and because which then explains why people would bother messing with with the box in the first place. Uh, wow. Brad Pitt's got a lot of like lipstick on her. I, 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 it's everyone has a lot of lipstick Lip on them. Yeah, super shiny. Um, but uh, so the the idea of a female protagonist in horror, uh, I think when we 
when the the new the modern horror came out because and I think the modern horror we we can pretty much equate to the the uh, Halloween. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, those yeah. movies. Yeah, like, I would say your late was, 70s. Yeah. yeah, that was the dawn of that, for sure. They all had the female protagonists. And it was like, I wonder if if that was just because of, like, women's liberation and the changing of the times, or and not that they all got together and collaborated, but if there was if there was some kind of, like, of like pre-thought um, that was kind of running through, or if they were just like, hey, this is the time to put things... Because it's... It was like everything else we talked about. It kind of set a precedent to where that's kind of what you have there. You you have the strong woman. You have a couple weak women, but then you have the strong woman in the majority of them, mm-hmm. where they you know they fight and they live and they endure all this horror. So you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said, we had Halloween, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, what uh, what some of the other well. Oh, and uh, even uh, Friday Thirteenth, shit, Friday Thirteenth, mm-hmm. the girl that lives, you know, is well, is a girl, obviously, she's, like, the girl that lives. <laughs> yeah, and there's usually like if they live and they live into a sequel, they they always have some sort of like scar that goes with them. That's yeah. not that's not like a female protagonist thing. I mean, that's just all protagonists do that. But I think it they always kind of seem to. Um, kind of laser focus on it especially with like the female protagonists yeah, and stuff yeah. it's kind of that like scars that go with them so yeah. I, I think i think a lot of it also just carries into it's just good writing to have that hero you've got somebody that you can root for because as much and and we've t- we've all talked about like what we enjoy about horror movies but you know it it kind of hits this point of being a downer if like nobody survives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, you want a really high body count because that's a huge factor of the entertainment of a horror movie. Yeah. And I've I've said that many times with my love for the Friday the Thirteenth films. I'm going into this expecting trash. Yeah. It's like I want to see tits. I want to see some really gruesome kills. That's the whole reason I watch Friday the Thirteenth. But if Jason gets absolutely everybody and there's not some at least sense of victory at the end, then it's like. Huh? <laughs> that was depressing. Yes, a bit, a bit so. <laughs> like, like Spider University. Yeah, we we go through the whole thing, and he he kills <laughs> everybody, everybody that you intro that they introduced that Just you knew were dropped, right? That you knew were going to be potential victims. They all get killed, and the the one person that survives that brings down the maniac was never on the the hit list, you know. <laughs> in, in quotes, it, it was like that that, and then and then when he brings that, he just goes near and like. It was you. That's not not an ending. (laughs) Uh, That was, they ran out of script, I guess. I I would say there's probably a positive. And and on the second side, what I'm going to call a realistic way of why it turned out the way it did. The positive is, I think, in the late 70s, you did have like a women's lib kind of movement. And I think there was the idea of like, having a cathartic experience watching a female actress like you know achieve in some sort of victory the realistic standpoint is they were probably cheaper to hire than male actors so so like if your main character in your movie is a female actor you probably saved like eight thousand bucks so i i want to feel like there's probably 
some truth to that and then you just don't hear you know directors say that right. <laughs> so, yeah yeah like no, nobody's gonna no one's gonna be like that. oh yeah yeah Friday the 13th <laughs> yeah Nightmare on Elm Street was way cheaper because Heather <laughs> Lincoln can't like you know so so you you mentioned the that the if they if the the female protagonist survives and and they into the sequel they come back with a scar yeah I I think one of the things that I enjoy about that that kind of if it's done well because sometimes you have them come back and then they don't they do shit like for example Nightmare on Elm Street uh, four where they bring Kristen and all of them back only to kill them in the first first five minutes, five minutes. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. shit, there was really no yeah. point in surviving that, yeah that was a thing back then in those movies too and it's almost and you don't really get the sense that there's been like any real time pass between the it's like the third two one. days after <laughs> if that yeah like, like we survived no yeah. we didn't <laughs> But um, but when you look at when you look at from one to three, you know, because two doesn't really technically exist. You go from one to three, and uh, some of the others, they the character is stronger because of that. Yeah. But it's not that they're weak before. But what you see is is a what I would say is an achievable and obtainable like strength mm-hmm. that that they that they have. Um, that, that they have, you know, I guess, grown into. So if you look at something like Die Hard, right? Not a horror movie, but if you look at Die Hard, John McClane is already John McClane. Yeah, he's already a badass. Right. Yeah. In the second one, he's not any more of a badass than he was in the first one. Right? He's he's just more... I mean, because he was already a cop, so you assume he's arrested some people, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's not yeah. like Paul Blart. He obviously <laughs> knows how to use a gun. <laughs> just a traffic he's, cop. He's <laughs> used one before, yeah. So, so just because he he took these guys down doesn't make him any more of a badass. And in fact, they knock him down a peg in the second one when um, what's his name? Uh, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep my mind keeps saying Dennis Farina, but it's not Dennis Farina. It's uh, Dennis uh, from Hill Street Blues. I think Hill Street shit, not Hill Street Blues. Uh, NYPD Blue. Um, but anyway, when he's he's like he's like yo yeah John McClane, I knew all about you, big hero Nakatomi or whatever, yeah. you know, and just just downplays it. Uh, but when you go into Nightmare on Street 3, like, here's Nancy, she's back, and she's still fighting, even though you don't really see her, mm. like, you know, she's not has a big crusade or whatever, but she's been going around, fighting for the kids, still trying, knowing that Freddy's still around in some fashion, trying to take him down. And you see there's a, there, she's got the little white streak in her hair, but she's also stronger than she was, even though she was fairly strong in the first one, because she's like, hey... I'm going to get a copy of the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> yeah, it blows this motherfucker up. Yeah. So, which, which, which Akomi is like is just lamenting over all the time. He's like, why can't I get a copy? A physical copy. Uh, yeah, I don't Not have a physical PDF. copy, but yeah, I've got the PDF. I love the Anarchist Cookbook. Um, yeah, the um, I, I would say the, the white hair strip was always pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I always like that. But again, not a horror movie, but if we go again to Terminator 2 when we see um, Sarah Connor again there's that obtainable strength yeah. where it's like I know what's out there now and now I'm going to make myself a badass and then it's, it's, you see her working out you see she's got the physique and everything mm. oh. but um, <laughs> but then John says you know after that she started hooking up with anybody she could find yeah, out the teacher yeah, military, military tactics, tactics and this and yeah. that. You know, and, and you see that a lot. Even um, when we get to, let's see, Halloween H2O and even the most recent Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis where she's like, 
I've been waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've the stockpile ready to go. Yeah. I know, I know what's going on and, and I'm preparing myself. Doesn't mean that I'm just going to devote all my time to this or I'm not going to have any like, but you know, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm ready so that you don't catch me off. Not that I want to be a victim, but you don't catch me off guard again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think that you see that more with, a female protagonist than you do a male because in the males they already come in there yeah they're strength. yeah they're already kind of like built for for what lies ahead which like in some ways is entertaining but in some ways as i have gotten older i prefer the kind of zero to hero vibe mm-hmm. that like the female protagonist for better or worse tends to have um. So, and, yeah, and the males yeah. are coming in strength because they're male. It's just that's the way they're written. They're written in as like he survived this. He has this kind of training, yeah. or you know, he's the captain of the football team. Whatever it is, it's like they already pre- introduced him as being here's a tough guy that can handle this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, call me. What were you gonna say? I totally forgot. I apologize. No, that's cool. Um, I was gonna bring up a few other pretty good examples of things that you know are huge like uh genre sequels or anything like that that are good one-offs uh if you've ever seen the movie the house of the devil i have not um so it was um and i'm gonna try not directly quote the imdb i have only seen it a few times but it stuck in my head uh it came out uh, uh back in 2009 so at this point it is one of the what i would consider to be original modern indie movies that spoofs a 70s 80s movie with the look of it and the vibe okay um and it's the one of the first ones that i think did it right and did it well um so it is it instead of being your kind of mother child it's the babysitter it takes the trope of the horror movie babysitter which again is from uh, you know, Halloween being a central part of that. Okay, right. But instead of a child that she's babysitting, she is watching over an elderly person. Hmm. And so they throw in that that kind of wrench to begin with, where it's like, okay, it's not really like a young adult female. You know, she's seventeen or eighteen. She needs the cash because she's a you know poor college student. Um, but instead of it being like a child, it's basically taking care of an elderly lady. But the elderly lady's really weird and she's kind of off-putting and she's like super um, scary and creepy from the bit that you see as the um, protagonist is doing the interview for the job. But I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I just I just got to say, um, so the woman was killed at the copier. That had no lid to it, by the way. I don't yeah. know when copiers never had lids. But the police apparently <laughs> carried away her body, but they didn't bother to take all the copies, copies of her the face. evidence. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> even, even even nothing more than just to, to destroy them. Right? They just leave for the for the janitor guy to clean up and throw away. Yes, <laughs> uh, I just love that she was photocopied to death. Yeah, like fifty, like 
like a hundred times like how many <laughs> copies did you do you can make a full uh, book of her how, death. how did you break <laughs> how did you kill her without breaking the copier itself uh it looks like you just hit her head against it like three times it's like how'd that kill yeah her? how'd that kill you like i, I could see it bloody in your nose or your lip sure i think I it was guess. the radiation from that light <laughs> the, <laughs> sure. the non-lidded light yeah, she's just got like like instant cancer um so uh it's a uh, it's a good kind of twist on the protagonist in the sense that She's not watching over someone weaker than her. Yeah. Uh, or someone that she has to protect. And indeed, the, you know, the elderly woman is not what she seems. It's got that kind of vibe. And then it adds the bonus in that it's basically a devil cult movie as well. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's, it, it's called The House of the Devil because it's about the devil. Um, that's a really good one. I think it's got a unique female protagonist to it. Um, yeah, I, I do like that idea, though, of. You know, it's taking the babysitter and instead of putting him in charge of a of a young child, which would be easy enough to oh, it's just some shit going on. Let me grab the kid and get out. Yeah, yeah. And when you yeah, got an older person, you can't just scoop them up. Yeah, you, you can't know? scoop them up, and especially if that older person is as I would assume most older people are. At least I'm making a, a stereotype here. They're they're ornery and they don't want to leave. You know, right. they're like you know, mm-hmm. I've been here my whole life. Why would I run away from anything? Um. The uh, it, in the same year, I don't know if there was something in the water. Uh, there was the movie Drag Me to Hell, which I uh, like that movie. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I won't claim that it's it's super good or anything, but it's got a kind of cool female protagonist to it. Uh, that she's the the bank loan officer or whatever, and yeah. the gypsy comes in and she can't give the loan to the gypsy. I think it had like a cool. I think it had a couple of cool twists to like the female protagonist. Um, so that's one that, you know, I would just mention just for that particular part. Um, uh, and then in recently, uh, if you've seen the movie, it follows. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good one. That's That's got a really good female protagonist because she's not the best good guy the whole time during the movie and yeah, you know yeah. you kind of get to the if you've seen the movie you'll know there is, you can't be a good guy right. with what's happened to her yeah it basically forces her into the role of the flawed hero yeah and it yeah. does a really good job at that yeah so that's that's an excellent one too oh yeah i would say in kind of modern modern senses yeah yeah i totally forgot about it follows but it is yep. very good i heard good things about it i just have not checked it out I mean, it, it has its flaws. I'm not going to pretend like it's a perfect movie, yeah. but it is very good. That's the one where the kind of sexually transmitted, like... Um... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the top elevator pitch for it. But it's got... The ending of it, I think, is kind of where it kind of falls apart. It gets a mm. little... It's kind of weak. Yeah, a little but bit. But the tension building shit and, oh, yeah. and the female protagonist, her character... She's really she's well done. very well yeah. written, yeah. Yeah. Um, it kind of drags us back into the realm of sequels, but um, I I thought uh, I thought the way they handled Linda Blair in the sequel to The Exorcist was a pretty good way of transitioning. What heretic? Yeah, Exorcist. No, 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 no. Exorcist Two. Yeah, which is a horrible movie. Yeah, Exorcist, Exorcist Two is Heretic, right? Right. Yeah, is yeah. it okay? Yeah. yeah. It, it transitions her. I didn't realize it was called Heretic. It's been too long since I've seen it, and I kind of checked out a lot a of it. But piece of shit movie. It's, it's a piece of shit movie, <laughs> but it's interesting that they transitioned her from the role of the victim to uh, the to the role cool of a protagonist. Too. So the shirt's cool, too. 
Uh, so I would say, because uh, she went from however old she was in the first one, and yeah. then Exorcist 2 came out like two or three years after the first one. Really? Was really? that soon? Was, was it that soon? soon? Okay, it must have been later. Just, she was she, a bit older. Yeah, that's right. She definitely, she went from like child to young adult yeah. between those two. Yeah. So that just goes to show like how, you know, iconic Linda Blair became when it was like, we can't make an exorcist movie without her. Yeah. And then they did. And it was much better. Yeah. Then it was, they were like, <laughs> Oh, we tied ourselves down to the wrong fucking part of this movie. And they were like, wait a minute. Maybe we should uh, just bring in George C. Scott. Yeah. Instead. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, that's, that's another thing, yeah, that I would say, you know, is that I think it is very difficult. Same thing with normal or action movies with male protagonists, but even with female protagonists, I think it's very tough for movies to kind of pick a different actress or introduce new female protagonists. That's why yeah. I'm really happy when movies do, like, take a risk and, and try that. Yeah. I so, will say that I don't agree with the thought that um, you can have an alien movie without Ripley. I think you can. I think you can, and I think you absolutely have to. I I have always been in the camp of like, this isn't a movie called Ripley. It's a movie called <laughs> Alien. So, um, I am totally uh, I I'm a fan of that theory. So, I think there's some point to be said that okay, let her retire into the sunset. You know. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's not even an age thing. I mean, it's not that, you know, Sigourney Weaver is older. She it's just that, good. Yeah, it's just that like there it. is, like, I'm sure there's 50 other... If you still wanted to stick with the, like, female, you know, protagonist, there's a hundred actresses out there that could easily fulfill the part. It's part... It's on the fan base to not turn into a bunch of whiny bitches right. if they choose someone new. <laughs> Unless it's a terrible movie, and then it's warranted. Well, I I know I told you that uh, way like years ago I was at a con and I bought a uh, script for Alien Three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was by with David Giller and Walter Hill, and I really liked I really liked the script a lot. And it was supposed to be the the uh, an actual copy of the script that they had written, and I read it and I you know really liked it. And I, when I Alien Three came out, the David Fincher movie, I was expecting it to be that. Yeah. And what I got was. Not that. <laughs> Not that. And uh, sci-fi original. <laughs> yeah, that movie's so bad. Um, but the that's um, a movie I can actually just rip apart to shred. <laughs> but um, looks bad. It sounds bad. It sounds so bad. How did they fuck the sound up in that movie? Like the music shitty. The cue, audio cues are all over the place. The that was one of the audio f- balancing. Was yeah, really bad. I remember that. That was one of the first movies from an audio standpoint. I was like, okay, I know this is a bad movie. Like it's, I swear, it's like it's mixed bad. The mm-hmm. whole thing is terrible that, that's but, the thing with like mixing and balancing i'm not i'm not good at it but i'm always very conscious yeah yeah, yeah like i can hear it yeah and, that and that, i'm not a very strong mixer <laughs> <laughs> it's good because i could use the practice <laughs> I, I don't think i don't think jim boyer knows that we have, to, we have to show it to him yeah uh but uh <laughs> But the only the only good thing came from it is that we got David Fincher as a director who 
climbed out of that muck and just rose like a phoenix. Well, I mean, he had nowhere to go, in my opinion, <laughs> other than us. So. It's, it's, it's like he said, like he told us uh, later, right? It's like, you know, once you've lost everything, you're free to do anything. What's <laughs> 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 that? Daddy like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was going to say to... Um, to uh, your shit, I can't remember now. We were, we were talking about. <laughs> you got distracted. Uh, I was by the uh, news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was talking about the uh, about the Alien uh, Three. Is that uh, recently uh, Audible had a, did a Audible original reading of the Alien Three script? Mm-hmm. Now they did cut some elements out from the actual script for it just just for the the audio book uh, part sure. of it. And there were there were some uh, some points that were missing. Like there's a scene in the movie in the script where they're fighting zero G, and uh, <laughs> Hicks fires off the gun and it spins him around a circle. And when Bishop shoots, like all of his shots are like just precise and dead, dead on. on it, it's beautiful. <laughs> um, but other than that, it followed like right along with it, and it was actually um, read by Lance Henriksen. And Michael Bean and a couple other people, which cool. was really cool. So, so when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it validated that the script I paid like twenty bucks for, like you know, a couple, like, 10, 15 years ago, was was really in fact a real yeah. script." Someone, someone cooked up. But yeah, that was really good. And again, it didn't have Ripley's in it for like a fraction. Yeah, and she's not dead, so she could have brought her back. She's in a coma, and uh, they sent her to Earth, and they sent New to Earth. And, uh, so, but anyway, um, but hey, um, we, our timer went off for an ad break and we didn't actually do the ad break. Well, that was, we, that was my fault. Well, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to interrupt anybody. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you interrupt everybody for them ad dollars, right? Everybody gets shut down for that. I should. Yeah. That's right. I mean, that's capitalism, right? It's, so, so buy this stuff. Yeah, uh, or or just pay attention to it because it could be another ad for Anchor FM. And I'm glad that you guys are listening to. You know, our moms think we're funny, but there are some other really really good shows out there that are worth your time as long as you listen to us first. So check it out. This movie really sucks. It really does. That's horrible. I mean, this guy had no need to be yeah, a gentleman and I, fully clothed. I, I, I feel like I feel like he is. Even without any of the dialogue, I feel like his character is either redundant or just pointless. How come no one in the movie, especially in this in this particular high school, has pointed out the fact he's wearing the same clothes? Every yeah, the whole day? time. <laughs> yeah, this feels like a high school where that would definitely be pointed out. Yeah, yeah. So, if nothing else, Brad Pitt would point. Yeah, this shit out. it's got a, it's got a fucking kill. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh You know, the only thing that could have been worse is if after he locked the guy in the kiln, he scratched the end off the side so it just said kill. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only got one L, sir. It just says Kyle. Well he, well, he he scratched off the V part of the end so it says kiln with like mm. one uppercase L and one lowercase Ooh, L. Lowercase. <laughs> like like a Swedish, like he got it from IKEA. Kill. <laughs> it's kiln. Kill. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's in their information packet for the high school. It's like Saint Saint Lawrence Wilkins High School. We have a fucking kill. <laughs> Come use our kill <laughs> and look for the ooh haunted copier. <laughs> Will your copies come out right? We, Who knows? We save money on all of our copies by not having a lid on the copier. I just don't think it would work. No. <laughs> 
No, it I wouldn't. I feel like I'm doing the science in my head correctly. You, you, whatever it is, you would have to be a full page whatever. Yeah, it would have right. to cover the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't photograph like uh, photocopy your driver's license. Yeah. Yeah. that wouldn't work. Right. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you consider the majority of porn to be full of female protagonists? Because uh, well, they win, right? So, <laughs> it's <laughs> no, actually, actually not really, because because in like fifty percent of them, they all get shot in the head at the end. Oh, there you go. Fifty <laughs> percent of them, okay. I I don't I don't know. See how I. I I feel like I talk about porn way too much on the channel, right? Too. So I, I wasn't going to say, but since you mentioned it, it actually, from from what I have heard, this I'm not sure if it's like that now, but I think it still is, is that porn is pretty much a female-driven like industry because you have a handful of males, and if you've ever, I mean, you don't even have to watch porn. Just go, I don't know, to, I don't know, the... Adam and Eve, right? That's something I know because I get asked for that on Pandora sometimes, yeah. which is really bad because I'm yeah. at work and I got my phone sitting yeah, up. Yeah, and, got... <laughs> and it's that like, lo- yeah, the super sexy lingerie looking kind of well, ad. Well, it, well, it says on Pandora, so it just pops up with an image of like a couple and like they're barely dressed, the big apples and Adam and Eve, and someone <laughs> walks by and sees that. I'm like, no, it's an ad because I'm listening to Pandora. No. And this is adult, or it's like, you know, it's legitimate adult <laughs> entertainment. So, but uh, but if you go there and uh, and just like look at like the movies they have available, you'll see some of the same male names pop up over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fifteen of them. Because you know, from my thing is, it's it's a hard business to no pun intended um, (laughs) for men because because it being hard. Like it used to be, I guess nowadays with Viagra and yeah, yeah, you you can kind of keep going but the thing is you also have to be able to like when it's time to to say in the scene you have to be able to in the scene, <laughs> the scene yeah, oh right? you mean bust a nut yeah. turk are you trying to be are you trying to be all politically correct well, I, on mean, I don't know <laughs> maybe maybe sometimes they end with a speech yes. <laughs> you know i just want to let you know how much i respect Especially you, you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there were there were a lot of guys in the club Not that you had sex with, face. you know. But but the fact that, that when you looked at all the dicks that were hanging out and you chose mine means something, yeah, it makes it feel special. Uh, but no, um so because if it used to be back in the day that, you know, if you couldn't get up like three times like and in a robot like you over like Yeah, over shoot, the shoots, yeah. Over you the day shoots, yeah. And one of the reasons that from what I read uh, one of the reasons that Ron Jeremy was so popular was because they said he works cheap and he can always get it up. Yeah. You know? and so, I mean, he satisfied the two primary goals. Everything else is either just a bonus or nobody gives a shit. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Remember the girl? Yes. <laughs> I love the behind the scenes on that when he's like, we got it in the first take, but, you know, I, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I just want to watch her and keep doing this. Um, but, uh I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, I, I, I feel like I know what's going to happen, but I don't know how it's actually going to play out. Right. I don't, I don't either. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, this is a good movie. We should be doing a lot yeah, of this. So, so speaking of getting it up, getting poked. But anyway, I was going to say, but with, uh, but women can dictate, you know, kind of who they'll work with. 
who they want, yeah. what they do. I mean, because the guy really is just a, a just a dick. Yeah, he's just a dick. He's you know there to facilitate the 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 females like acting. You right. know, I mean, I, I think it's tragic. They, I, I think it's horrible that men are so objectified. You know, yeah, with the yeah, in his films. Me, yeah, but again, from what I read, they have what? Okay, so her dumb ass was like, hey. You guys tied yourselves up like that? <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, they they really they really kind of make those you know from again from what I read they really kind of make those decisions. They can decide you know what's going. On. Now that's not always that that power. I shouldn't say is always given to them, which I think came to light uh, a couple years back with the whole James Dean incident, where he was pretty much being kind of an prick a dick yeah. yeah with some of the shit that he did and stuff yeah. which is why he's not working anymore um at least to my knowledge he's not but anyway then that was i remember that was covered in like a lot of new stuff but anyway um but yeah they they kind of i don't want to say run it but they they have a lot of power but at the same time it doesn't take as much to get you ready as it does a guy yeah. which means that you're always always someone ready to take your place yeah and so which yeah. is why you have so More many women yeah. in the industry and so few guys yeah i mean i so you know maybe female protagonist isn't the correct word but you know female uh diverse would yeah. definitely be a word for it oh yeah most definitely um so for like more non-porn movies, porn. Uh, some recent watches that I've seen, uh, Crawl, which came out just a few months ago. It's not a good movie. I Crawl? saw the trailers for it. Yeah, it's it's the Gator the sci- movie. The sci-fi movie? Oh, Crawl. Yeah, Crawl, not oh, Crawl. I thought Crawl. I was like, Crawl came out a long time. Okay, Crawl, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this is C-R-A-W-L for those that are listening that can't That's, understand uh, my southern dialect. Sam, Sam Raimi um, produced? I think it was a, it's a very much a Raimi produced, not Raimi directed, right. not Raimi written. You can tell it's that, like, not up to that level not to disparage whoever made the movie if you're listening to this podcast but the uh it's got a it's got a pretty good female protagonist in it in the sense that well there's only like fucking four characters in the movie so but she is a um not in a maybe she's an olympic swimmer or she's just like a professional swimmer like that's her life that she's an athlete professional swimmer and uh so i'm sorry not and I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything but i'm, I'm just curious like if you're not an olympic swimmer, what the fuck are you doing right. How, what, what are the, so this is what where profession is there for swimmers? this is where i would say i don't know about you know the two of you but as far as jo Bowyer is concerned i have no idea how the professional athlete business works i know you can make money being on a football team a basketball team and a baseball team but when it comes to the non-team sports like <laughs> discus throwing or whatever i'm like if you're not doing the olympics what the fuck apparently that you still sign deals with like swimming trunk companies and you get money gotcha so okay. so she is like this budding uh swimmer she you know it's a young youngish actress she's like in her 20 25th 25 26 her dad in it i can't remember i don't remember the actor's name but he is the protagonist in battlefield earth <laughs> the the main character in battlefield earth whoever uh, that Barry is Pepper? 
I I don't know his name. The the one that they teach all the shit to the yes to yeah the the one that starts off he's the main character he's innocent and then yeah so he Barry is Pepper. he is her dad in it he plays a really good part but I could not watch him without thinking of Battlefield Earth <laughs> stuck in my head <laughs> wow that's pretty yeah. sad because he's been in a lot of other movies oh yeah 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 but yeah, yeah that's pretty sad that's yeah. the only thing you can remember it's the only thing I think of uh, it's it's a pretty good movie in the sense that like you know she again I'm just kind of pointing it out to differentiate it from like the kind of classic mother child it's her and her father so she has to like defend her father her father's injured early on in the movie and can't really move around in the pretty hacked up situation they're in. It's one of those movies where it's very artificial and like, why the fuck can't they just get out of that area? Right. You know, but it's like, we want to have gators chase people and this is just the best way. I'll tell you why. You think? Hurricanes are coming. Hurricanes are coming. Hurricanes are coming. <laughs> uh, and, but anyway, it's pretty good because again, it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's, it's a daughter and her dad and the dad is the one that's, you know, you know, can't really help himself. So that one's pretty good. And then, uh, another kind of recent one, it's, it's in the horror genre. It's got an awesome female protagonist is Midsummer, which okay. is the hereditary director's newest movie. Um, very tonally thematically different from Hereditary. Hereditary is a much more, I would say, mainstream horror movie. It's dark, it's spooky, it's got jump scares. Midsummer is much more artistic and kind of uh, A24 Studios kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah, it might have been A24, but it uh, it has, I think, just as strong but very different of a female protagonist from uh tony collette in uh hereditary Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that director has a thing i don't know if that's like a shtick that he's gonna fall into but uh that one's really good because your female protagonist is very much in this movie bounced around between like who she thinks she should be kind of not working for but whose side she should be on. Um, And all the way up to the end of the movie, I think it does a really good job with her character of not giving you a solid black or white answer. Um, That one's got a lot of screaming in it too. Hmm. She's, she's a really good screamer. So uh, I, you haven't mentioned, um, and I'm just saying that because, because of, but you haven't mentioned uh, the howling. I, I I haven't seen the Howling in a while, so it's yeah. just not too fresh in my mind. Well, who now, even though in the end she turns into a werewolf, werewolf yeah, right? she is the uh, the the protagonist. She kind of even though she's I wouldn't say she's a strong protagonist, but there's that she's searching for the truth. And even though she may be scared at some of the things she's coming across, it doesn't stop. It doesn't her stop her. Yeah, I, I I you're right. I I should totally I totally I'm right on your path of thinking at this point. And since we're talking about reporters, I got to go also with uh, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. when, when when she decides it's time to leave, she's like, it's time to leave. And they go, when they, we're going to set up shop here. She never really shies away. I mean, she, she, she's afraid because there's zombies, but she's never that, you know, frightened I got to hide in a corner. They're yeah. like, we got a plan. She's like, okay. And then in the end, when, when she's like, teach me how to how to fly the helicopter, yeah. right? And then when it's time to go, she's like, hey, it's time to go again. Yeah, well, if you wanted, I, I, I 
this could definitely eat up the rest of me talking for this, the remainder of this part of the podcast. But, you know, the, the Romero Dead movies, with the exception um, of Land of the Dead and whichever one of the kind of shitty ones after Land of the Dead. But between night, dawn, and day, you've got a full bandwidth of different kind of female protagonists. You've got, you know, your original Night of the Living Dead with Barbara in it as being the complete useless, you know, female character. Then you have, you know, the Tom Savini Night of the Living Dead, which I'm a bigger fan of than the original. Uh, that has your Patricia Tallman, you know, yeah. uh, Barbara. And Tony Todd. Um, but between uh, Dawn and Day, they both have really good female protagonists. In, in Dawn, one of my favorite early, early little scenes with the reporter, with the female protagonist, is when the camera guy walks away from the camera during the the initial scene of the movie mm-hmm. and she grabs the camera and she's like we've got to keep rolling we've got to show people like what's being talked about what's going on and it's like just that beginning small part sets her up as someone that's like she's gonna get shit done like yeah. she's going she's not gonna she wants to make sure everyone around her like the the women in a lot of his movies seem to be more concerned with the world whereas a lot of the main men characters are just like about their own asses um so uh and then in day of the dead uh whatever her character's name is i can never remember she i like her as a female protagonist too she's a lot more kind of cold and and heartless um wearing bowling shoes probably probably he changed i guess yeah he finally, he finally changed clothes <laughs> well, shoes um i don't remember day too much that's the one with uh is it bud uh yes yeah, day of the dead is the one that's about training the zombies to not eat people and a uh, bud is the uh or bud bub bub okay. yeah because i was getting i was whenever i think bud i was thinking bud the chud yeah, so uh, Bub is the w- star zombie who they've made the most progress with. Doctor Frankenstein has made the most progress with. Who was actually on the actually the box art? Yeah. Uh, so in that one, the female protagonist is trying to hold everyone together mm-hmm. because it's her and a bunch of dudes in a confined underground bunker. So you can kind of already tell where that's going to go. Right. And she's the one that's trying to be like, all right, all everyone has their own skill set, so we're not gonna fuck around with you know trying to get this shit on the road. We're you know each person's gonna do their job, but then none of the men want to do their job. Like Day of the Dead is, you absolutely hate the dudes in it almost to a T. Every single male character in that movie <laughs> is 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 kind of a piece of shit. Even the ones that survive are kind of like lazy yeah um so that one's very much the uh hard-working female protagonist i um uh shit we were, uh, you mentioned um the night of the dead remake the, the savini one yeah i love patricia tallman's turn in the end where she's she's hardened yeah. yeah, but because it's 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 a fine line when you when you're doing a female protagonist, especially. And I hate to be one of those people that say, "Well, if you want to make a movie that has like a like a, a strong female character or has like a, a female lead or whatever, that has to be 
you know, written by a female. Or yeah. if you're going to have one that's going to have, like, you know, like a primarily, like, black cast as be like Yeah, a it's black, a black uh, writer. Or... Yeah, but I think that in, in, in a lot of cases that it's it's really hard for a... It's going to sound sexist, but for a male writer or director to write a strong female character and have her be strong but not be a bitch. Yeah, you know? yeah. As where, when you're looking at the end of, uh, of Savini's, like, uh, night... She comes when she comes through and she pops the guy in the head. She's yeah. not being a bitch. She's strong and she and she knows this guy is fucking trouble. Yeah, he, got, he almost got me killed. killed. He got everybody else yeah. killed. He got he's gonna get us killed. all killed by right. the end of this movie. And yes. you know, it's like, uh, it, and so I think I like that again. Where and that's almost one of those where you come through as a trial. You know, she has goes to this trial and it strengthens her. Yeah. And in in it doesn't really it doesn't really I wouldn't say it strengthens her so much as that she she gets an understanding of like the new world mm-hmm. and her place in the world yeah. and then there's an acceptance of it and then moves on and uh, and I think we we have a pretty strong female uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre three I'm trying to remember three yeah yeah she does pretty good because it's her and um, and the black guy. Uh, that comes through that helps her out. Uh, I can't think of his name. She's the one that has the fight with uh, with Leatherface in the like the swamp or whatever. Yeah. When this saw is bobbing up in the water. Oh yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, good good female lead is in the Texas Chainsaw remake, Texas Chainsaw yeah. 3D. Yeah. Dario. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When she like tosses in the chainsaw, she's like, "Do your thing, cause I fucking I love, love that. That. <laughs> that is a good scene. That's a great I, scene. I will agree with the whole like fine line between kind of. W- I, not even really woke, but that's kind of what it is in something like Night of Living Dead. It's like the female protagonist usually wakes up to the to the new world before, and all the men are still kind of, or even the other women if they're other women, but all the other actors are just kind of in the same like old world viewpoint. I, there's a fine line between that and just being a bitch, right. you know, just completely turning into a bitch character. So yeah, we talked about uh, about. Men coming into horror movies or whatever that movie is already being portrayed as a strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, and since we're already on talking about, you know, Night of the Dead, all this, the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. she is not portrayed technically as a, as a strong character, but uh, she's not a, is she a doctor or is she a she's nurse? She's a nurse. Okay, nurse. And that she's the classic female nurse character in in, in the late two thousand or you know, late or mid, early two thousands, whenever that movie came out. I think it's like things mid two thousand and four. I think is what it came. But so right. what I like about her is she she accepts almost right away the situation. Oh yeah, I mean, pretty much after the first escape scene, when she gets to the mall, she's already kind of on board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like after the little girl, because you know when, and I think part of that's also because she's a nurse. So when the little girl attacks her husband, then they like, throw her down the hallway, yeah. and she just pops back up. She's and like, running. that's not the way human bodies right. work. <laughs> and then when she gets outside and she's driving away, and and I have to say that that to me is one of the most horrific scenes in a movie oh yeah is when she's driving away and shit is just yeah the city just yeah falling down around suburbia burn scene basically and she's just taking it all in and and it's just she's just and i think part of that comes from 
work in the ER as a nurse, you see those kind of things. Yeah. But she's, but you don't still don't expect the world to just kind of come to end yeah, like that like overnight. Yeah, like that quickly. Yeah. And, and she's just taking it all in, and she's just like, shit's falling apart. I got to get somewhere safe. Yeah, you know, and and I uh, that that's that's pretty great. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I was, uh, I have a a good good story about the dawn of the dead remake that i'll have to wait for another podcast i'm gonna say so <laughs> if we're gonna do a podcast about you know best movies to watch under the influence of something i'll tell you my <laughs> dawn of the dead story <laughs> dawn of the dead remake story so what i think is what i think is funny about <sighs> you and and uh captain aperture right it, which is that the two of you are the only people I know, well, I guess I could probably put uh, Zold in there too, that will be like, oh, this movie's coming out. I'm definitely going to do some shrooms. Yeah, like I'm movie. going to get prepped and ready for this movie. Yeah. Dawn, the Dawn of the Dead remake was one of those. And my God, did I get ready for that movie. It's, it's, like, it's like people who like take a shit before going to a buffet. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to clear out all that space. Yeah, you got to get your head in the right, in the right zone, man. Um, so, uh, but yeah, just to kind of like have some sort of you know final goalpost in mind so i i hope like you know the again i think something like with ripley and aliens is that it it, it does become an anchor on the movie that that needs to be cut you know you, you don't need ripley for this movie anymore having said that i'm kind of talking out of my ass both ways because terminator dark fate which is coming out soon hell fucking yeah i want to see uh uh what's her face in that movie linda yeah linda hamilton hell yeah i want to see her character again yep. so that movie well, looks like it's just going to be female protagonists out the wazoo like you know mm-hmm. but i would say that part of that is because everything after two has just been such a letdown it it is objectively speaking you are correct subjectively speaking the third one's my favorite one so Take uh, that as you will. It like, is not better than the second one by any means. I only like the ending, but but uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you're right. It's almost from there, though. I would totally agree with you. Uh, 80s movie, um, Night of the Comet. Oh yeah, yeah. And not only do you, you've got you've got two, uh, even though the, the cheerleader not girls not, not so much. much. Yeah, but you've got the and I, and I like how the the um uh crap i uh, i can't think of her name right now she was in so much was she in like ninja three the domination or whatever and uh she was in the apple and uh god isn't she also the girl from uh breaking two electric boogaloo oh breaking and breaking two <laughs> i think she was in all those movies <laughs> any of those uh Menachem Golub movies uh uh, uh golden globus yeah. i always remember i always remember the male characters from night of the comet more chakotay from voyager you yeah more yeah. than anybody else yeah chakotay's <laughs> just so like sleazy in yeah. that. well i mean you're right so that is very you know female driven so but when she goes back to get her sister and she realizes that you know everyone has been that watched the comet has been turned to dust, turned to dust yeah. and her stepmom's there and she's like well what else yeah <laughs> what else chicote like, like, dresses up as santa claus in that right i think there's a scene where he dresses up as santa claus to give him presents 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's the shit that sticks in my head with the, that movie. The one thing that yeah, I actually like Night of the Comet. It's I do too. Pretty- I used to watch it. I'll, I, I should remember it a lot better because I watched it like a hundred times in, in a like short five-year period. I is Robert Picardo in that as well as one of the people that come in at the end to find them, the scientist? I think he's in like one scene, like one or two scenes. But the the one the one thing about Night of the Comet that I absolutely, I don't say, I'm not going to say I hate it, but the one thing that I don't like is in the end when they, actually I think it's in the middle, uh, early on and in the end, when they go like racing off in like the the sports cars, yeah, down the city, right? Now, just just have to remember. I'm going to say this to all the people that are listening to the podcast, which is in a situation like that where like 90 percent of the population is dead. Let's just keep in mind that there are no doctors, there's no firemen, yeah. there's no ambulance. So when you wreck, wreck that sports you're car, dead. <laughs> <laughs> like when you break a leg, you're dead. Do right. you know how to set your own leg? No, you don't. So, yeah, they are very, uh, they are very gung ho, uh, you know, devil may care kind of attitude. But I think that's what we always think about is that oh, in yeah, the apocalypse, you do whatever you want, right? And it's yeah. like, well, no, you actually have to be even more careful yeah. during this than anything else because it's like there's nobody there to help you. Yeah, no <laughs> professionals. Like, at the end of the apocalypse, no one can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> but so I was going to mention uh, the night of the comet as one. And then, shit, I had another one that was actually on my mind as well. Uh, oh, shit. It was actually, it's a 80s horror. It was girl and guy. Um, and damn it, now it's, now it's escaped me. Uh, but, she, but it was another one where the, the female in it is, it's like one of those things where the, um, okay, I'm sorry, What? The, the vinegar syndrome logo where all of a sudden turned yellow, yellow. one leg like she just uh, yeah. pissed herself. I, I don't know <laughs> that one. Um, I mean, vinegar syndrome makes a lot of like really good um, like Blu-ray like editions of movies, but just uh, that that logo was just weird. But anyway, it's a weird logo. Ah, uh, shit! I can't. I it's gone for me now. But um, it was one where oh, I Night of the Creeps. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, you were doing the night of the C word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Night, yeah. Of, night, night of, of the C word, maybe. <laughs> uh, wow, yeah, but night, so night of the creeps for me is is the is the uh, the kid with the crutches. Uh, a lot of that, it's the male characters too. Uh, what's his face from Halloween? Uh, yeah. Uh, is it uh, Atkinson? Yeah, Tom. Tom yeah, Atkinson, Atkinson or whatever. So, uh. I used to think nobody knew anything about that movie. Oh. That was like one of the movies that when I was watching it and renting it on VHS, even into college, I was like, nobody's seen this movie. Nobody's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then like suddenly like throughout the rest of my adult life, I've been like, Night of the Creeps. Oh yeah. The movie with the slugs, you know, like, oh shit. Other people watch this movie. Good news is your dates are here. Bad news, they're dead. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but so she's she's like the only like she's not the only female, but she's like the only like main female. Yeah, yeah. And, it's and, not just fodder, basically. And she's pretty kind of oblivious throughout the whole movie, like most people are. But then it's she's another one that when she sees it. Like so, when her ex boyfriend starts spitting up slugs, yeah, she immediately <laughs> clues in. And, and she's right there. Uh, yeah, I, I love I love that movie. It's so good. It's way better than Night of the Comet. Yeah, it's the, it, it, it the really better is. of the two Night of the Sea Word movies. 
I want to name this episode Night of the Sea World. Again, something that I think is even more rare than the than you know, not female protagonists aren't rare, but even more rare than you know, seeing a female lead and be strong in a movie is is a gender being strong in a movie, and that's what you have in that. Mm-hmm. You got three up gender yeah. being strong in a yeah. movie because usually they're so they're always portrayed as pretty much just weak and mm-hmm. you know. Okay, detective, <clears throat> thrill me. That, that's a great movie. All right, so. Uh, Akomi, you've yeah. been fairly silent. We've been kind of oh, I've just this. I've just been enjoying the ride, man. It's, I mean, I've I've kind of thrown out the few titles that I really enjoy uh, as far as horror movies with good female protagonists. So, you know, I, I think the Babadook is a really strong contender. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely put that on a list where I was somewhat ashamed by the way I thought going into that movie. Yeah, so, yeah, that, yeah, that movie really kicks ass. Yeah. So I have one more thing to add, but we are way overdue for an ad. Oh uh, well, so, I, no, that, that was this is actually the end of the the episode marker. We've been going for like an hour twenty. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. shit! <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get into the other part that I was going to ask was going to be what about the accidental protagonist? Hmm. Oh, the ones that you think are going to be like fodder, but they turn into the protagonist, or no? Well, you know, we their first part we talked about scream queens. Well, the the scream queen who isn't a protagonist, but not because she's trying to be. Oh, oh, no. oh okay. She so actually there's... becomes like the the hero, but not because she's trying to be. It's no. just it gets th- dumped into her lap. Right. It's like I accidentally killed you while trying to get away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are always usually pretty funny scenes. Those are good, like cathartic, funny scenes or she's like trying to get away and she just happens to like knock the pointy stick up or whatever right. <laughs> and, and the serial killer runs into it or like the whole time they're trying to get away and, and the, the the real you know hero of it is, gets caught and they're like push the button and yeah. they're like this button and, and, and it's, yeah. like, it's like hey we're saved you saved us all it's like yeah, really. no, really what's especially good about that is when they're totally clueless and ditzy right yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I totally forgot about the accidental protagonist. I guess we'll save that for another one. <laughs> yeah, I mean that one you could really do. I, I think that one could be gender neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do both. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think that kind of falls under the same umbrella as just like the unlikely hero, though. In a lot of ways, mm-hmm. not it's not the exact same, but they're definitely like sister tropes i guess yeah yeah i i think it's harder to do the accidental hero successfully because you kind of have to catch the audience off guard yeah yeah you gotta outsmart them a bit um and uh you have to because if you see it coming a mile away it just doesn't have the same right right yeah all right so as we're ending this i'm gonna just toss something out there give you for both of you to kind of chew on and then we'll maybe talk about it later if you think it has teeth but um, which is why I don't know if you're chewing on it why would it have teeth yeah. there's, anyway, there's a good teeth female protagonist is the teeth that movie I'm not watching that movie <laughs> <laughs> me neither I have refused to always watch that movie <laughs> I'm not watching that movie oh you know well one of the movies we didn't talk about at all which I think is, was uh, Carrie Oh yeah, I yeah, haven't seen Carrie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get basically ginger and female protagonists. I mean, I don't know if she's a ginger per se, but yeah. fair-haired, I suppose. Uh, Nancy Allen. Yeah. So from uh, uh, RoboCop <laughs> and Blowout with John Travolta. 
Hey, we're in a movie together again. All right. It <laughs> <laughs> sounded more like Christopher Walken. <laughs> Why are you not calling? <laughs> like Brian De Palma, he likes putting us together in movies. My, my hair. Don't don't touch my hair. <laughs> I want to take his face off. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I was gonna say the um, the uh, ditzy. So uh, the accidental protagonist, yeah. mm-hmm. the male counterpart to that is the the like nerdy klutzy, yeah, guy. the yeah. klutzy guy. That's usually what it is right. that that suddenly becomes a badass, right? Or or you know accidentally causes you know makes people think he's a badass. Right. Uh, those I don't find those are usually a lot more for me missed than hits. I, I usually don't like those characters. Yeah, I, it's it's very know. very hard to do yeah, that, right? Yeah, because usually it's just like, oh man, he just he should have got his. You know? uh, I think a good example of that, uh, as far as a male character, would be Finn Wolfhard's character in the first It remake. Um, I still haven't seen It Chapter Two. I haven't but, either. But like, he, I guess he's more of a reluctant hero than an accidental one. But you yeah. do have that scene where he's like. You know, you've done this to me. You've done that to me. You've you've compromised our friendship. You've done all this. Now I have to kill this fucking clown. <laughs> it's such a good scene, and his delivery yeah. is so good. Yeah, I actually like a reluctant hero. Mm-hmm. I, I like oh, I, the the reluctant hero, which yeah, is yeah. what what I why I like the Die Hard movies up to Live Free and Die Hard being the last one I like. Mm-hmm. But Live Free and Die Hard has that line in it. Which I always go back to when I'm talking about what makes John McClane's character so good and why he's such shit in a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where he tells um, he tells me he's like you know look if anybody else could do this right I would gladly, gladly give this it to over him. I don't fucking want right. This he's yet. like but unfortunately th- this not is like them, I'm the only person that can do this right now. So I don't really have a choice. You know and and that, that's what that's every diehard movie is that. There's that no resonates. one else at that point that's capable of doing that. But if there was, he would gladly just sit aside and let them do the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I do like the reluctant hero because I think the reluctant hero is. I'm not going to say they're necessarily more relatable, but they're you understand them more than the guy that rushed in there being like, "I want to be a hero." Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of those when you when you I think when you think about them a little slower, you're like, "That's just suicidal." Like, yeah, right. who yeah. would actually want to do that? Probably the best reluctant hero I can think of, or at least it's my personal favorite, would be Sam Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Oh, Sam's fantastic. Sam is the shit. And, I mean, you know, there's never any question that he's going to stick with Frodo, but it's like he doesn't want to be on this adventure. But, I mean, he's he's just an incredible character from beginning to end. Yeah. And carrying Frodo up the mountain still brings me to tears. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think one of the... One of the strongest things about a reluctant hero is the person that, like in Sam's case, has been giving a, given a task, mm-hmm. right? And in his case, task is to protect Frodo, and and that's it. He's just he's focused on that yeah. task, yep. and that's going to lead him to a place that he doesn't want to go. But my job, my job is not to take the ring to the mountain. You know, yep. my job is not, my job is to protect you. And if you happen to be going there, then that's where I'm going too. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the part where it's like, in order for you to complete your task, I've got to step up. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's that. Yeah, so that's, the, that's this is this is ridiculously nerdy, and it is like really off topic from the podcast. But the book elaborates on that so much better as far as Sam goes. 
Because that, that moment when Shelob poisons Frodo and Sam has to carry the ring for a while, the whole thing with the ring is that it amplifies your natural power, which is why with Sauron it turns him into this giant friggin' mech that yeah. wipes through armies, whereas with uh, uh, Halfling it's just going to turn Disappe- him invisible. Yeah, because they want to fade away. In the book, when Sam wields the ring, all the orcs see him as like a six-foot-tall elven warrior. Because that's what's in his heart, is that he's this this super amazing warrior. So, to- totally doesn't really tie in with what we've been talking about, but right. I love that aspect of the book. That what the ring is amplifying in Sam is the fact that, at his core, he is this hero that everything evil is just terrified of. So, throughout that whole segment of the book, the orcs are just running from him because they don't want to fuck with this guy. Because <laughs> he, he's got such heart, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. I, so I really like a, the reluctant hero. Yeah, yeah. I, and I guess in some ways, sometimes the female protagonist can also be yeah, a reluctant can also hero. Be that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very often, I would say. Yeah. But I, I, one thing I will say, just to, to my final thoughts, is one thing I like about female protagonists in movies is that they're not, they're not doing it because there's not a man around. You know, it's right. like, yeah. oh, there's no guy around to protect me, so, <laughs> so I got to protect myself. myself. Oh, darn. <laughs> no, it, it, it's like, I'm doing this did because, these nails. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, hey, shit needs to get done, and you're not going to kill me. I do, <laughs> I do like when they mix it in, so I will go ahead, you know, the, the, there's female, it's, it, the main character's male, but there's, the female character in this is pretty good. Uh, the newest Zombieland movie, oh, Zombieland yeah. Double Tap. I haven't seen it yet. I, I went and saw it last week. And I will say it has a brand new female character in it that kind of joins the band of existing characters. At the blonde the, or or my love, uh, <laughs> she the the new character. Yeah, she's the one that's the kind of ditzy girl, okay. all in pink. Yeah. I, I, I've never seen her in any other movie. <laughs> she uh, have you seen it, Turk? No, I just I've seen the all okay, the, okay. The, so because because when you when you saw it you and Zold and everything and then you mentioned well I already knew she was in it anyway, yeah then you okay. mentioned Rosario Dawson and I was like oh. yeah Rosario Dawson is in it but she's definitely not the one I'm talking about. right so okay. so there is a character in there that at the beginning starts off as the oh my god I'm gonna break a nail if I do anything and she never really <laughs> loses that but she is very well written so. From a female character standpoint, I still think there's room for the, oh my god, I just did my nails. Yeah. Without it being completely chauvinistic. Yeah. So. Cool. Yep. Alright. So. Yep. Uh, we have about an hour and a half here, so. Heat <laughs> gear. But, uh, this was a good topic. I, I like this. Yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed exploring exploring this. Yeah, so I think Mary, as you talked about, we could even do like one just on just kind of zombie movies, or even just maybe just the even the Romero like zombie movies or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still there's plenty of stuff at least from kind of like a personal standpoint to talk about. I mean, you know those those movies have been talked to death by I'm sure legions of fans, but (laughs) I I think the thing that makes them so great is that there's always like a personal story to tell about them, you know. For people that watch them either growing up or kind of discovered them just out of the blue. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, I um, hope everybody enjoyed this and listened to us talk about, uh, you know, female protagonist and, um, and of course, our our sister podcast um, where we talked about the uh, the Scream Queens, you know, yeah, which yeah, yeah. kind of independent, but, you know, see, listen to them together. Um, but, yeah, this was fun. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for giving us a listen. And J.O. Bowyer, thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great. A, it was awesome. And uh, as always, you can uh, find us. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Turk182 underscore KE for Corobe Entertainment. And I am on Twitter at Akomi Draws. And uh, you'll see more of uh, J.O. Bowyer. I don't mean to speak for you, but uh, in, um, in some of our less plays uh, with different games like uh, Zombie Vikings. And, uh, and of course, with our uh, Whose Turn Is It uh, board game plays. And, uh, of course, uh, Akomi and I will be back with some more uh, less plays as well. And uh, see what else we got going on. Uh, oh, and of Lots. course, <laughs> you can uh, you can either listen to the podcast here um, on uh, Anchor FM if it's still Anchor by the time we air this, since they've <laughs> been bought up by Spotify and maybe yep, yep. just a part of Spotify FM or whatever. Um, but here, and we're also um, you can find us pretty much on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you go to find podcasts. Wherever that's where you'll find podcasts us. Are sold. And uh, you can also listen to us. Uh, the podcast is posted on YouTube along with some of our other things. And uh, oh, that's right. And uh, J.O. Bowyer is going to join us for a less watch, too. Hell yeah. Which we're going to do. We're going to do a less watch uh, of the Pamela Anderson classic barbed wire. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going into that being the only person that's seen it, if I'm correct. You right? are. You are correct. Well, I cannot be the captain of this ship <laughs> because I haven't seen it in a long time. But I was telling Akomi, I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that in like the first five minutes, I'm going to remember everything about it. <laughs> so we shall see. I, so. I, I think I own the first issue of the Dark Horse comic, but I have I don't think I've ever read it. So well, the trailer tells me that we are in for a treat. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely keep your eyes open yeah. for that, folks. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you guys later. Dang yo. All right, there, folks. That was our moms think we're funny. Let's uh, let's give them a hand. <laughs>